Welcome everybody to the 85th ever edition of the West Coast Preps Podcast. It is the LeBron Slanderous Podcast edition for West Coast Preps because all of us here are very distraught and upset about the events that have unfolded. You're distraught. In the NBA, Greg also looks distraught because his Giants were swept by the Dodgers. The Warriors were eliminated from the play-in tournament and just in absolute turnover fest while LeBron gets maybe touched in the cheek by a hair and lays on the ground for about 35 minutes like he got sent to the emergency room. And all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, literally, the, war- yeah, literally the Warriors season is done as LeBron was seeing three rims in this incredible feat of heroism and greatness that even Michael Jordan couldn't do. Now, I don't think Greg has a word. Greg is just laughing because he's got no words for this ridiculous, <laughs> stupid existence that sports has given us in the professional realm. <laughs> yeah, LeBron. Well, do you actually believe LeBron saw three rims? No, not a chance. <laughs> if he saw three rims, he wouldn't be playing. No, and how would he have been able to catch passes or dribble? Dude is most drama queen person I've ever seen in my you want, life. You want to mention that graphic you saw the comparing drama him? King. He's not the king of Akron. He's the king of drama. Um, Hollywood. Fits in the area he's in. True. That's why he moved there. Yeah. Just even a better... He just wanted to improve his acting skills. Um, the graphic I saw, though, he laid on the ground for 90 seconds after getting poked in the eye while Kevin Pillar got hit with a 95-mile-per-hour fastball in the face and laid on the ground for 30 seconds. One's tough and one's a drama king. And you know why LeBron did it too? It was because it was Draymond. Had to make a little flyer. He was trying to get another little flagrant, more technical out of him. But it wasn't any. That play was literally nothing. No, There's no mean, way. He got hit. It was yeah. a foul. Yeah, that's not in question. But it was nothing egregious. It wasn't enough for LeBron to see three rims. And now all of a sudden he's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, he just needed to win the game. But what? But I saw someone. I think it was one of Antioch's assistants posted a poll today. I'm gonna give this man a shout out. I think it was Nitesh Singh, one of Antioch's football assistants. Just a fantastic Twitter, you know, especially during this postseason. I've really enjoyed following him. If you want to follow him at Coach underscore Tesh, he tweeted this morning: What injury will LeBron overcome today? Shoulder, knee, or toes? You know what? I think he's wrong on all of them. I think it's gonna be a Hip contusion. No, I'm going inner ear infection. <laughs> inner ear infection. Had such a big headache, he could barely even walk. Yeah, just the, the noise from the crowd after a year without fans is really going to get to him, I think. Yeah. He's getting old, you know. The, the extra noise is, is getting too much for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I like it, though. I mean, he's not wrong. What, what injury is he going to overcome? Yeah, for? there's going to be some excuse if they lose this game. No, some big yeah. excuse. It was like after they got swept by the Warriors, LeBron had a broken hand. Oh my god, that was even though there was no damage done in Oracle Arena after that. Um, you know what? I don't care. I can't get fired from there anymore. There was no broken uh, whiteboard <laughs> that he allegedly punched. Um, you know, I worked there. I've asked a lot of people about that scenario. Never happened. That was not a thing. As the falsest of false reports. And it completely took away from the accomplishments of the Warriors after the game, too. Instead, it's like, oh, look at the heroism by LeBron James. 
playing with a broken hand after game we one. We just had to come in with the cast on. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, then, right? Really? Where, where was the cast the rest of the series? Like, just... The dude is all about his legacy. That's all he cares about. If he didn't care about it, he'd probably be the best basketball player in the world. Yeah. Ever. He would. I mean, and I mean better than Mike. He, he would, honestly. If he didn't give an F about his legacy and all that sort of stuff. I wish he didn't. It's annoying. Yeah. But the fact that he keeps on making up to try and add to his legacy. Oh, I played through a broken hand. Oh, I played through not seeing... I couldn't even see the rim. I can't see. I don't know if he saw that. He said that that's a step after he hit the shot. He's like, I can't even see. I'm like, shut up. Of course you Stop. could see. Like, how many fingers am I holding up? Oh, he probably would have said If you 10. couldn't see, then you weren't going to try a game-winning shot with some dude draped in your face. Well, I mean, Steph's only 6'3". You could probably but barely still, even see But him. still, it, you still got to see something. You got to know where you are on the court. You got to know where the three-point line is. I don't know what to tell you. Terrible week for Bay Area sports. It really was. But you know what? The Giants get swept by the Dodgers. The A's. This Vegas thing. Dave doing. Cavill. That whole Twitter ordeal with him at the Vegas <clears throat> Golden Knights playoff game. Tweeting the video. Well, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Yeah, Oakland's not going to have a sports team. No, it, it's not. Very very soon. Yeah. And you know what? That's all right. Maybe we should start the West Coast preps. Oakland something. Well, it'd be managed better than the Oakland Athletics. Well, I mean, anything is. And the Raiders. And the anything Warriors is. right now. Well, come on. <clears throat> as long as Michael Mulder's not in the rotation next year. I like Michael Mulder. <clears throat> He's a good guy that'll hit shots when things don't matter. But as soon as you get even a little ounce of pressure, that guy is not hitting a shot. Wow. I don't know about that. I think he had some big He needs to be there. like your 12th man. True. I mean, he should not be like your 6th, 7th, or 8th guy. But he can be like, you know, your 10th, 11th, 12th guy. He's good for a couple of big shots every I hope now he's and then. 12th. Because the Warriors need a lot more, clearly, because Steph's getting triple teamed right now. I know Clay's coming back, but they're going to need more than that. Does Uber come back? I don't think so. Is Andrew Wiggins on this team next year? Yes. Is Draymond Green on this team next yes. year? Yes. Is Steph Curry on this team in two years? Yes. Does he sign an extension this year? Yes. Does Giannis intend to go win an NBA title this year? No. It's the Bucks. Really? It's Milwaukee. They're not gonna. They're gonna fade away in the playoffs like always. What other questions I got for you? Will James Wiseman be back? Yes. Yeah. Who do they draft? Davion Mitchell from Baylor and Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. I guess they do have two. Do you, think, you don't think they trade the two draft picks? They have to get something good in return. That's the thing. you got to think of the value, too. I know they want to contend now, but... Can they get the first... Like, How far up can they go from their lottery pick? Do you know? I'm not really sure. They're, the Warriors' own pick has, I think, a 2.6% chance of falling in the top four. Well, there we go. We'll have two top four picks. I think the Minnesota pick's going to land between 6 to 8. No. So it's going to land at 4. And the Warriors pick itself is going to land at 2. I don't think that's going to happen, but I would love for that to happen. That's what happened. I just happened. I just said it happened, so there you go. Now, what do you think the Warriors do this offseason? I don't know. 
Draymond Green apparently is the new front office executive. Well, he and Steph have far different timelines than the Warriors. That's for sure. But I do think the Warriors want to win now. It's Bob not, Myers it's not even like they have the pieces to go win in the future. I mean, Bob Myers said it yesterday too during that press conference, just to recap the whole season. He said that when you have a guy like Steph Curry, that you just walk in that situation, right? Because Steph was here before Bob Myers got here. He walks in. You have a generational talent like him. You want to make sure you win for that guy. Yeah, I mean they won three. They got to five. But I know that they want to get more, right? Especially with the Lakers involved. And Peter Goober is an entertainment guy. Yeah, a new president of operation. What is it, Brandon Schneider? Is that who yeah. Is? yeah. Or, or LinkedIn, connected on LinkedIn. Actually. Oh, there you go. There you go. LinkedIn. LinkedIn buddies. Yeah. I, mean, I got nothing left to say about the Warriors. Y- you seem disappointed. Uh, I'm a little surprised. Especially after those two games. I thought they'd beat Memphis. I thought they'd roll them. I didn't think they'd roll them. Everyone kept on saying they'd roll them. They just barely beat them the Sunday before. I think that but Sunday when they beat them, they should have beaten them by a lot more. They should have, but still. But the Warriors will turn on went 5 for 10 from 3. I mean, Yeah, there's the no difference. way that guy does that. Career high in 3s. I mean, you just have to give props where props is due. Scored 35 or something. Do the Warriors ever win another title? To be determined. I say no. <clears throat> I can't say no because I just don't know how much how how well Clay is going to come back. I and he's not going to be back at 100 percent right away either. You got to understand that he's going to have to ease him back in. Yeah. That's a serious injury. He's been it's gone for two, two years. Injuries. Right. He's been gone since the 2019 NBA Finals. It's been almost two years since that. It has been. What yeah. is it? It's almost because that June. was. June, I don't remember which day that was, but... Mid-June. Yeah, right, exactly. June 13th or 14th, something around then. So it's been two years since he's played an NBA game. So, I don't don't know. I don't think the Warriors will win another title. There's too many variables to say yes or no. Right now, if you're going off of right now, you say no, but Clay comes back. How much is Wiseman going to improve? What are the draft picks they get in terms of what slot they're in? There's too, so many variables. You just don't know. I think that the organization and fans expected too much from Wiseman in year one. She, sure, he showed his flashes, but I think a lot of people expected him to be a heavy contributor right away. But what have we seen with Bigman? It takes him a long time. To, yeah, I was about to say, look at what he's doing now. But it took a few years for that guy to actually look like a legitimate number and one he's pick. he's 19 years old. Yeah, Wiseman's 19 Hasn't played a ton. Played three college games. Yeah, and he's just thrust into NBA action as a starter opening night. That's not usually the way it's supposed to work. I kind of wish they would have left him in the starting lineup. Just figure it out. Play I think that would have been tonight and figure it. Would have been a good learning experience for him, I think. But they kind of flip flop back and forth. Went, are we going to develop guys? Are we going to go for winning? They never really determined that no. every other week it seemed like there was a different decision on what they wanted to do I think with Clay getting injured they just were like I don't know what to do right Steph and Draymond want to win obviously that's you know just who they are but they were like I think Steve Kerr took a step back with like this roster is not good enough it wasn't you know Jordan Poole developed he's turned into a, that be a, a really good sign. six that's man next to be, that, that looked like a first rounder yeah he'll be he'll turn into a great six man next year you know, but 
who else was on that team that could score? Nobody. JTA was a good revelation, but he's not a scorer. Yeah, he's not going to no. put up 20 a night. You know, he's going to – he's like a Draymond. Yep. You know, he's going to come off the bench. He's going to give you really good minutes and whatnot. I think some, good someone they could have used down the stretch healthier was Damian Lee. But remember the COVID thing? Even yep. when he comes back, right, it, from that virus, it takes people a while to get their lungs back. He up. never really and, played. No, and he didn't either. Exactly. And right? that's he probably was out. because he wasn't, he wasn't ready to play in no, the NBA game. probably wasn't. Then they, that's someone they could have used, but they're going to need more guys that can score vets that can score too. Who wants to come to the Warriors? They all have to come on vet minimums. That's that's the issue. They're in cap. What a, a word I can't use, but. You're in a very big conundrum. Thank you. That's West Virginia education right there. Shout out Jason Hardy, my All-American. Oh, jeez. You know West Virginia's trash, right? In what? Everything. We ain't trash. How's their baseball team this year? Pretty good. Actually, they just had um one of their top pitchers from two years ago was getting called up to the bigs. This week, we're trying to the first pitcher from the 2019 draft class to get called up mm. to the bigs. Trash. For what team? Toronto. Trash. Alec Manoa. Trash. Trash. Trash? Trash. No, he good. About to take the league by storm. Better than anyone the Giants have. I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, the Giants have the best record in the league until, until the whole the Dodgers debacle. All the talking you guys did. Oh, we're going to beat the Dodgers. We're going to beat the Dodgers. This and that. And then what happened? The Giants just pulled the Bay Area for pro sports teams. And what do they do? They choked. Just like the Warriors this season. Just like the Warriors in 2016. Did the Warriors choke this year? I mean, they did choke that game They overexceeded. But, I mean, they choked that game at LA. They turned over the ball in big situations. Yeah, but they exceeded expectations. In some ways. In many ways. Projected to be the 14th seed in the West. But there was also a lot of people that still projected them to be a 5 or 6 seed at the same time. Too. So it depends on what you projected yourself. But they... they wasn't good. It's sad. Because I think they could have done more. They could have made some noise in this postseason. But instead... How are the Sharks there. doing? They're not in the postseason. NHL playoffs have already started. Greg's sad. Yeah, Greg's sad. But we've got some interesting topics now to get into after depressing you all about Bay Area professional sports. When does football or Patriots minutes, football start? 50 seconds, I guess. we still got a few months. It's May 25th today. Greg is sad. What am I supposed to do for the next three months? Enjoy these next couple weeks after we have a high school sports. Then get ready for summer in the fall. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go cry. Greg's going to go cry, but we've you, got... You finish the podcast by yourself? Greg's really sad, isn't he? Yeah. You doing okay? No. Greg's not doing okay. Well, that sounds about right. So Greg's you're sad. You're good by yourself? For that sure. So, cool. Greg's not happy, but we've got some interesting topics to get into regarding high school sports. We're going into more Bay Area stuff in a second. Sham Sharania tweeted this morning two Florida five-star basketball twins Eamon and Asar Thompson are forgoing the rest of their high school and college careers and signing two-year contracts with that new overtime elite professional league team any initial thoughts do you think this could maybe start a little bit of a trend 
going forward? It is only a trend for your top prospects. Definitely. It is only going to happen to maybe one or two people mm. yep. in the whole country yep. every year. Um, I don't see it becoming a normal thing. I just... I think too many people enjoy the college experience. I think that is the reason why the NCAA can do all the things that they do is because mm -hmm. people want to go to college and enjoy what that experience is like. Yep. And, um, honestly, and also your senior year of high school, right? Yeah. And, you know, you have your senior ball and yep. homecoming and all you know all that sort of stuff that you know they can still enjoy being a kid until they become a professional basketball yeah. player and like you said for most of these guys it's only going to be for those five stars blue chip <laughs> prospects it's only going to be a few every year and when you go to college your lifestyle at kentucky or duke is still going to be better than playing for some of these g league elite teams because have you seen the facilities at kentucky and duke you see the way they treat those student athletes you're getting literally private chartered jets to games you're getting pampered at home on the road you're getting incredible television exposure twice a week with these lucrative espn tv deals for some conferences you'll have fox sports and cbs too for some big games but that that's a whole different topic and then you've also got well like i said the facilities and everything else you're going to get with the nikes or you have an adidas sponsorship under armor Etc. There's a lot of great things still with the college experience, but this is just it's gonna be for blue chip guys, right? And even if you miss out some on some of these guys in college basketball, I don't think it's really gonna take away from people watching college basketball because for the most part, the, the programs the programs that win national championships for the most part, we still get some teams that win with a lot of one and dones, but a lot of the ones usually win with vets, guys that have been there three or four years. Yeah, uh, March Madness is never going away. No, right? I mean doesn't matter who's in the tournament someone's going to go off and someone's going to make it interesting even if they're not a blue chip prospect yep. they're still going to be fun right yep. and that's more of the the bracket and gambling portion of it right where that is just not going away that's not you know it, that's a billion dollar tournament every year so and you know the question always was why does the ncaa get to make a billion dollars but these kids are making nothing. That's always been. The and now question. with this NAI, NIL stuff that's coming out, stuff is going to change here very soon. Yeah. Especially in a lot of states now with legislation they're passing to kind of go forward in the next couple of years, 2022, 2023. But I don't think this is going to be too big of a trend where it's really going to be something a lot of three or four star it's prospects. Hard to turn down. I mean, I don't know what the contract is, but it's hard to turn down that cap sometimes, especially when you're a 16, 17-year-old kid. You don't know what your family situation is. For some kids, they might need the money. And yeah. sometimes that's why maybe we criticize guys for leaving college a year early when they're not ready for the NBA, but maybe the NBA is not actually their dream. After two or three years of college, they're not projected to get drafted, but maybe they need to make money. Maybe they just want to play basketball and make money. And NBA is not necessarily their dream. Everyone's got a different situation. With their family stuff, their personal stuff, maybe they have a kid, maybe they've got a wife, a lot of different things they have to take into consideration. So these two kids decided this is in their best interest. We don't know the full details of why, but can't really make the decision. Be interesting to see how it plays out, though. It you will, know, if, if they play well, then you know, most likely they'll still be highly touted after the two-year contract. But it 
it's hard to say how this is going to go. It, it is. And then another thing that came out too is oh, Texas running back commit Jadon Blue goes to Klein Kane High School in Harris County, Texas, opting out of his senior season, a class of 2022 prospect, opting out of his senior year to focus on school and training to get ready for the next level to play Big 12 football. Yeah, this one's weird. I, the first one I can agree with. This one I don't necessarily agree with. You play football, right? It's always been, oh, like, should I opt out of the bowl game, right, because it doesn't really matter type yep. thing. No, you play because you love the game of football, right? That, That's why you play. So why are you skipping out on, you know, 14 games? Let's say they go make a playoff run or something like that. Why are you missing out on 14 games of football? It's more time to develop on playing a game, and it's more time to develop those competitive juices. Yeah. At the I know same time, we forget. We talk about one-sport specialization, but the thing you miss out on that and doing things like this is being competitive year-round, and that's a huge mental thing. I know Matt Campbell's talked about that from Iowa State. A lot of guys have. I know I've seen local high school coaches talk about this, but I'm just not a fan of this move, but maybe he's got other factors into this too. We, we don't, I don't know his injury history. I have no idea. Maybe there's some other stuff. But I understood people opting out this year because of the season being in the spring. Obviously, you want to enroll early. Yeah. There's a lot of different factors. And with COVID, I know some families are more concerned. I mean, more power to everybody for those decisions. Yeah, but this it doesn't one, seem like this one has to do with, you know. No. With any of that. It's simply, he just wants to train more. Yeah, I, and... I feel like the best training is to be on the field. We just talked about James Wiseman. He needs to be out on the court and, you know, learning how to play the game. That's how you get better is game action. You can you can do a bunch of ladder drills. You can do a bunch of lifting weights and whatnot, but that doesn't always translate to the field. No, it doesn't. But he's already got his commitment to Texas, you know. So, I mean, maybe it's more of a, hey, let me get to Texas, and once I get to Texas, then I'll, you know, prove my worth type thing. But. Definitely. It's just not something I would do. I would. I just can't miss out on games scenario. and experience. I would have to play. I'm way too competitive like that. I can't miss out, especially in my senior Well, you're season. definitely not a running back. No, I'm Texas. not. But but let's just say you're in that scenario. Yeah. Right? That's just not something I couldn't sit out. It's a strange uh, – something I never – I never really thought, thought of this until now. Right? You think college kids, you know, you've seen it before. Uh, what, Bosa didn't play his final season, right? Um who else? There was an, there's another big name that didn't play their final season or something like that. Like, they used to talk about Jadavion Clowney not doing it. Yeah. But he still did. Yeah, he still ended up doing it. You know, so, I mean, it's happened before in college. Just not high school. But, I mean, that's because, you know, if you get injured in college, then you're, you got no real chance of doing anything in the NFL. And you've cost yourself millions. Right. So, but high school? I don't think I, – I guess, you know, if he tears an ACL, then maybe Texas rescinds their scholarship. So then he does lose, you know, what, 500000 is what most scholarships end up costing. Um, you know, not in cash, but in terms of value and whatnot. I don't know. It's a weird one. Do you think more people follow suit? No, not a chance. I don't, I don't see that really becoming a thing either. Not, not a chance. But I think, you know – most guys like that, like you said, the competitive, you know, the name that pops out to me is uh, Jerry on Dickey, right? He's one of those guys that had, already has a ton of offers, or Hassan, 
you know, neither one of them would ever skip their senior season. They're too competitive. And they're always out at everything being competitive. Yeah. And you see multiple sport guys. You've seen Noah Short at Kings Academy. What's he doing? He's a great basketball player as well. Phenomenal track just ran in the 10 sixes and the 100 meters. Jerry Dickey's playing basketball. He's a phenomenal. Yeah, exactly, right? So you've got all these great athletes. Jeremiah Irby, another example too. Competitive all year round. He's a three-sport athlete. So I don't think this is going to be something that really becomes a trend at the high school level. It's almost too early to set a trend in a lot of ways. A lot of trends you're going to see are going to happen in college for things like this. Yeah. But I know we were at some big games this weekend, too. You saw a couple of good games on Monday. You had a great women's basketball game between James Logan and Granada. And you also had Montevista got against Dublin in boys basketball and another crazy, ridiculous EBAL matchup. Top 25 as well. Just takeaways from those games and what you saw there. Yeah, and the Granada-James um, Logan game. I keep on wanting to say Liberty. I don't know why. And the Granada-James Logan game, though, just kept on taking blows and giving blows all game. They went back and forth throughout the whole game, it seemed like, and they both struggled early. It was it was 6-5 to five after the first quarter. You know, they Neither one could really hit any shots. Granada had a lot of opportunities near the rim and just couldn't seem to, to execute. But then they would combine for 38 points in the third quarter, and the offenses just started to get going. And next thing you know, all of a sudden it's uh, tied in the fourth quarter. Granada then takes the lead with a late bucket, but it turned into basically a free throw contest near the end. And James Logan just was able to hit the, make a couple extra plays, make a couple defensive plays, and ended up taking that one 54 to 51. Um, great game, though. I think Granada girls basketball, they started off 0-5, won six in a row, and now they're 6-6 after this loss. But definitely a great turnaround after how uh, how their season started, starting 0-5. They've definitely had some big wins over the last six games and almost made it a seven-game winning streak as they only have two games left, both against Foothill this week scheduled currently. So been a pretty good season for them uh for granada and then for james logan they now moved to 10 and 1 um been a great season for them that's now won three in a row after winning this big game then we move over to monta vista versus dublin and what a game it was i think we've covered a lot of dublin basketball this year as their schedule just seems to be never ending them and camp Lindo have just scheduled incredibly this year they are not afraid of anything <clears throat> no not at and all they're winning yeah, Dublin's ten and two. You know they they got the split with Granada. I'm sure they wanted to win both there, but then they go to Monta Vista and they get that win. And it's just they seem to do it in a different way every time. They really slowed the ball down in the fourth quarter. Once they had the lead, and they went to the fourth quarter with the lead. They slowed it down and shortened the game. You know, with the 35 second shot clock, they waited until about five seconds to shoot. You know, just limiting the possessions Monta Vista had. And then a couple of big blocks. Courtney Anderson, we've talked about him how many times now? I mean, the dude is just 15 years old and a pure athlete. TJ Meager hit a couple of big shots at the end of that game. Um, some big defensive stands by Dublin. And I, I don't know what else to say about them. They, we talk about them all the time. They're just that good this year. And they're going to be good for a long time. Courtney Anderson only a sophomore at this point. Him and Donovan Cooks together in that backcourt for another couple of years still. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Courtney Anderson's gonna be a top one hundred player in his class. <clears throat> if he's not, I'm absolutely shocked. Do they have any offers yet? 
Yeah, he's got some Division One offers. Do you know one? He's got um, San Francisco and Washington State. Okay. Washington State is where Clay went. Come to Golden State someday, Courtney. He had a couple big threes last night. Yeah, they could use that. They could use just about anything. But Montevista put up good fight though. Um, very well coached. Very well. With Nick coached. Jones. It, that was one ball. of the best coached games, right? And you get two great coaches in the e-ball right there. Montevista just came off the win against De La Salle over the weekend as well. Both teams are playing really good basketball this year. So. But we only got what a week left of basketball. <laughs> yeah, at least in NCS, you NCCS, got CCS we've playoffs, got playoffs but... right? But this is crazy. It went by fast. It's too fast. What Dublin's only played thirteen games now. Are they eleven and two now? Yeah, I was just starting to get into the thick of this whole basketball thing. Now it's almost over. Yeah. It's sad. You know, one thing that I think is coming out of this COVID shortened season that I think should continue these schedules. Play the best teams. Who cares? I mean, if you're, you know, we got ten and two. You know, you got all over the top ten. De La Salle seven and six in the top ten right now. And look at who De La Salle's played, right? You can't yeah. knock them for that record. Bishop O'Dowd they... is, you know, they're now four and four. They were ranked number four. You look at the talent, but look at their losses but at this point. They're not afraid either. Just schedule. What do you have to lose? Yeah. Even if you lose some of these games, the playoff seating committee's not going to penalize you. Exactly. We're not penalizing for your rankings either. We know quality schedule. We see that in college basketball too. You're not going to get penalized for that. Yeah, I mean, it's a great experience for your kids too. That's you know how juicy. And it's going to make it the their postseason play even better. Yeah, it is. Obviously, you know, MCS doesn't have a postseason <laughs> this year, but why not go play a Camp Lindo? Why not go play Salesian? Why not go play a Piedmont? You know, Piedmont Dublin's now playing tonight. Yeah, right, because Dublin's all games this... against Amador got mm-hmm. canceled. Now, all of a sudden, Dublin, number five, Dublin's playing at number six, Piedmont and boys basketball tonight. Two great coaches with Costello against Ben Spencer and the talent on that court, too. That's Neither of those teams is afraid of scheduling. Mm-hmm. Either Piedmont's played Camp Lindo already. Dublin, we've mentioned their schedule many times. Just schedule tough. Why not? It's fun. I, I agree. I mean, Piedmont is playing, well, they've now won six in a row since losing to Nemo and Camp Lindo, and... Everyone's lost Camp Linda. They're undefeated this year. So I think that's one thing that needs to continue on during next season and the seasons moving yep. forward. Just play the, the top teams. And obviously you don't know who the top teams always are going into it. But, you know, hey, why not? You want to schedule a Monday game just for the heck of it and play? I think they, more people, teams should do it. Yeah, just go ahead. There's no better experience. There really isn't. And I think these teams are showing, obviously, maybe it's spread it out a little bit in a normal season. But these guys can play. You know, Dublin's played how many games? they played now 13 games in three weeks or something like yeah. that. You know, these guys can play a lot of games in a short amount of time. They play yep. AAU basketball. They play three, four games in a weekend. They can play a lot of games. You know, they can play three games a week without really any issues. So schedule more games. Schedule more games and schedule games against the top teams. Something I'm looking forward to next year is the preseason tournaments again, the holiday tournaments. To see just some of these great preseason tournaments where it's loaded. Because I know in years past has been the Gridley Invitational has had loaded just brackets. Dublin's holiday tournaments had some great ones in the Don Nelson Classic. There's been a lot of good ones. That'll be something that'll be great to have back so we can have just great competition in that. But I would love to see more tough scheduling up to down and some of these programs like a Camp Lindo, a Dublin and a Piedmont 
are going to be definitely ones that continue to do it. And there's a reason why they're the best because they're not afraid. True. Camp Lundo isn't. They don't even have Aiden Mahaney or Logan Robeson right now. Both are out, and Camp Lundo's still thirteen and zero. And they're not scared of any. They're willing to play literally anybody that's available. They're gonna. They no. played O'Dowd. They've played. Who hasn't? Can't play the only thing they point. haven't played Mitty. Right, that's it. And I'm telling you, they should just schedule a game. Why not? Just a random Thursday night. Just whatever. Yeah, just do it. <clears throat> Clearly, games can be scheduled at any point. That's what we've learned this year as well. Whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whatever sport, you can schedule a game within 24 hours. Yes, you can. Yeah, I know. Right, the logistics sometimes and all that sort of stuff, but it can happen. That's one thing that we've we learned that in college sports this year, too, when games get canceled because of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're scheduling a game within 24 hours. That team's heading on a flight to play you. If it can be done in college where you got to get on a flight, it can be done in the Bay Area where you yeah, have so to drive. It, it almost makes you wonder why are college teams scheduling these series 10 years in advance when you don't need to. I don't know why they do. I, that's one thing that never makes what sense. What do you know what conferences are going to look like in 10 years for college yeah. sports, right? Let alone five yeah, when all these TV I, why deals can't expire. you make the, a year before? Exactly, it, but it's more. I think it's more money. Than Definitely, it is no. There's a lot. Of, there's else. millions upon millions involved in this. But we'll go into some other games too. I was at Akalani's Clayton Valley baseball on Monday. Clayton Valley double double header because after that I was at boys basketball. But this game, it's the game of runs, right? Akalani's goes up three nothing. Clayton Valley scores six in a row to go up six to three. Then Akalani's has an eight run fifth inning to go up eleven to six before they win this game fifteen to twelve. Just run after run after run. I think to play four and a half innings, it was already six thirty p.m. Yeah, that was a long one. Yeah, yeah, but but as long as it gets, you know, a lot of runs. Sometimes fifteen, twelve games almost get boring. Not gonna lie. Sometimes I like the one nothing game. I, that might be because I played baseball and I appreciate the the good pitching, good defense type thing, where right? everyone loves the long ball and home runs and runs and all that sort of stuff. But I don't. I appreciate the one nothing two to I'm one. Kind of tired of hearing about launch angle and exit oh, velocity. So with that. Ruining baseball. It is. I, it really is. High school, college baseball. Honestly, at this point, is better than major league it, baseball. It's way better. I much more look forward to a high school game than a professional game, and it's not even close. <clears throat> that Cal San Ramon Valley series that I got to see Friday, you saw Monday and Wednesday. It's one of the best series. Oh, I've seen every in a long single time. game in that series. And then the Cal De La Salle baseball series looked great too. Cal came yeah. back against De La Saturday, but De La won that game at the end. Yeah. So I mean, it's look at high school baseball. This game too it was just both teams were putting up great offense. And Akalani's didn't have a huge roster, but they have a lot of these football guys on their team, and they all played well. Right? Brady Hutchinson, the offensive player of the year for us for football, brought in the run, playing shortstop. You had Sam Heyman, Will Berry, and Dante Montgomery made a stint on the mound there in relief, but Akalani's there in the end. Sam Heyman had three RBIs. You had. Their two quarterbacks, Brady Hutchinson and Luke Souza, both had two hits. Luke Souza had a double in this game as well. Hutchinson had a couple RBIs. Your Kyle White had a team high four RBIs. He had two doubles on this one. So Akalani's his offense top to bottom. Really shined in this. They improved to nine and ten, dropping Clayton Valley's record to seventeen and seven. Then after that I was at a fantastic boys basketball game. How many good basketball games have we seen this year too? Every every game we've been to this year has been good. I feel like oh yeah, there's been a couple duds here and there, which obviously is going to happen. But every game we've been to, it seems like they've, something something crazy happens. They've all been they've all been phenomenal because this <clears> game, <throat> Clayton Valley Charter was number nine 
Coming in, Bishop O'Dowd was number four. O'Dowd's up 14 to six after one quarter. They're passing the ball well. These cuts inside, everything's just beautiful. Even without Marcellus Robertson and Jalen Lewis, that the five-star sophomore isn't playing this year. Bishop O'Dowd, though, its defense was great. Held Clayton Valley to one of nine shooting from long range in the first half. Drew three charges. Just getting in the right spots at the right time. Also forced eight turnovers in that first half. And then Clayton Valley goes on a run. They make it a 36-35 ball game after three, plus nine in the third quarter. This thing then goes into overtime, then in overtime. It was Bishop O'Dowd goes up on a 4 nothing run. They get a steal and layup that puts them up 54-40. You're starting to see, hey, can O'Dowd finally pull away in this one? Pretty good. No. Jeremiah Dargan and Clayton Valley come right back. Jeremiah Dargan has some great plays. A fantastic class of 2022 player there for the Ugly Eagles. He finished with 22 points. He came into this one averaging 19.1 points per game alongside 9.8 rebounds and 2.6 steals. He had the game-winning basket. You can see it on our Twitter page, our Instagram. I know that's blown up. Check out that game winner. He curls around there outside the three-point line to the right, drives right through the middle, works wide open, finds that crease, hits that layup. Clayton Valley beats Bishop out of the buzzer in a crazy comeback win. That ball barely got over the rim. I know. It, it, it hung barely. there for a second. I know. When I've seen that thing spin, I'm thinking, is that going to spin the right way? No. It almost it almost looked like it lipped out. But gravity just went just to the right way for Clayton Valley. Basketball gods rewarded a great player. Yeah. They did. They did on Monday night. And he got that. He got 22 points. His third straight game scoring 20 or more points because he had 26 against Northgate. 20 against Los Lomas. Mason Bamberger was a great second-half player for Clayton Valley that really gave him that big run as well. He scored 12 all those 12 points coming in the second half in overtime. Anthony Carmen had 8 points and 2 of 3 from deep. And you had Jaron Edwards for Bishop Odell, 17 points in this one. He had a big second half. Playing some bully ball down there in the fourth quarter. Have a big fourth quarter. Send this thing to overtime and Bishop Odell had 10 different players score. But a very well coach matchup because you got Lou Ritchie from Bishop O'Dowd. You got Frank Alaco Jr., Clayton Valley, his father, the legendary former De La Salle coach, Frank Alaco Sr. Just just like a chess match like you saw with Costello against yep. Nick Jones on Monday night. Same thing here out of Clayton Valley. Yeah. Now let's just talk about Bishop O'Dowd. Obviously they're, you know, their season hasn't gone the way they probably hoped it would have gone. Um, but they've had some tough losses this year. Yeah, let's go through their schedule here in a second. But I mean, you, they're going to be—they're one of the better four and four teams you're really ever going to see. It's almost like we mentioned with Montevista, yeah, football, right? The best zero and six team you'll ever see. This is about the best four and four team you're ever going to see, and De La Salle is about the best seven and six team you'll ever see too. Yeah, just with their schedules. Bishop <clears throat> went out so far. They played Mitty. They lost to them by four. They lost to Salesian by two, who's the number three team in our poll. Mitty's number two. O'Dowd played number one Campbell. So three of O'Dowd's four losses are to top three teams, right? Yep. Their other losses to number nine Clayton Valley Charter. That Camp Lindo game lost by nine. Yeah, and that and I mean, even the Camp Lindo game, it was way closer than nine. They had the the lead going into the fourth, right? And they just they just couldn't close them that one out. But I mean, you know, we talk about schedules with Dublin, we talked about it with a bunch of different teams. Bishop O'Dowd is another one. They just every single time they lose, it just seems like they're Right there, yep. uh, they just they can't close it out for for whatever reason. But uh, it's been an incredible incredible season for them. Even though 
their record makes it seem like it's not incredible. Yeah, exactly. But they're they're not going to be a team that's really penalized for these losses because Clayton Valley, he was the number nineteen by two on the road. You'll have Marcellus Robertson playing in this game. Who's at camp on the road by nine to the number one team. He was the number two Mitty by four, and Mitty's got all that size. With Vandal, you've got Burst. They're just loaded there. Salesian, you lose by two on the road. There's And they've beat Alameda. They've beat St. Joe's. They beat San Leandro by 30. And they beat De La Salle in overtime on the road. It's, it's been a good season. And then you flip over to the girls' side where I just saw them play Pinewood. And we'll get into that game just a little bit and just how good Pinewood is. You know, they have so many young, <clears throat> great players. Um, Buker, Una, uh, Courtney, you know, go all over the court. That roster is absolutely stacked. Um, and they proved it again on Saturday afternoon. Where, you know, first half, you know, maybe struggled just a little bit, but second half they pulled away. Um, and got another 20-plus point win. Just like they have in just about every single game this year. You know, and... I feel like the, you know, Doc Shepler, their head coach, he said before the game, they're not where they want to be, but that's because they want to be somewhere that no other team really has, right? Their expectations for this team are higher than what everyone else. So, like, the 20-point wins, it's not good enough for them at this point. They Almost want like something better. They have unreachable standards, but that's what makes them so great yeah. because they're always chasing something, and that's why Pinewood very rarely loses, and that's why they played for state championships Exactly, and you know, I talked to him before the game. I was like, "How are you guys playing?" He's like, "Not great, but what are they twelve and zero? And they've won every they're game by twenty plus." Two in the Bay Area. I mean, so, and their goal this year is CCS title, and they know what they need to do to win CCS title, and how many great teams, MIDI, and all that sort of stuff that they need to play at a different level than exactly. what they're at right now. Even though they absolutely dominate every game, they do. But it's it's. That's just the way it goes. That's what makes a program like them or De La Salle football so great because even when De La Salle beats you by 35, they're not happy. They're, they're still not happy. They won a North Coast section title. They're not really celebrating because no. they have much bigger goals. Exactly. That's what makes them so special. So. And you look at Miramonte boys basketball until we saw them over the weekend. Marin Catholic, a great matchup in this one. Marin Catholic's got Mike Sy, a great head coach. They've got Kyle Winters, Nick Greenwood on their basketball team. But Miramonte, just the perfect win. They were together. They were just really dynamic, balanced scoring attack. They come in with four guys averaging double figures. They've got Chris Laviotis, a great head coach. Their defense plays well. Everything worked in this one. You had Tyler Dutto scored 18 points, 7 of 12 shooting, 2 steals. Ryan Schwartz, 15 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. Neely Olabog had a double-double with 14 points and 14 rebounds. He also had 6 assists. James Fry, 10 points, 6 rebounds. Miramonte shot 55% from the field, 42% from long range in this one. Just doing everything they can. And Chris Lavdiotis just loves the team. He has they just great chemistry. So it all kind of sums back to those days on the blacktop over the summer and the offseason when they couldn't work out inside. They were just training outdoors in their pods, and they were really getting to know each other. Even when kids would get busy with homework they were still showing at the practice nobody was you maybe get some guys like i can't do this team function because i have homework it didn't matter all these kids every saturday they get jumped i have bagels they're just enjoying their time together and that just team chemistry is priceless and their defense as well is something a really interesting stat that live the otis pointed to me after that game 
He says he tells his players if they get stops on 56% of the opponent's possessions, they should win. Recently, he's calculated these. They've had stops in 59% of teams' possessions, 60%, 62%. It's a numbers game. He understands it. He understands coaching, the analytics part. He does a great job of meshing all of that together. Look what's happened. Miramonte keeps jumping up again, and they've had some big wins on the court this year. Yeah, Miramonte's, you know, they've had a great season for sure. Um, you know, go back to their schedule now, and it's another great schedule that we, <laughs> right. you know, we can go on and on with these top 25 teams. There's a reason they're top 25. But, you know, what a great season they've had, you know. And they beat Salesian by six in the schedule. You know, they lost to Camp Lindo. They lost to St. Patrick, St. Vincent this year. Um, they Oakland. lost to Clayton Valley. But, I mean, look at these teams they've scheduled. They beat Moran Catholic by 26. Yeah. So, it doesn't get much better than that. And now, you know, go back to Camp Lindo tonight. Yep. So another great game. Another card game. Camp Lindo's number one in the Bay Area, and you know you can put them up to a state title. I'm sure, and they, I'm sure they compete. Another, another great season for Camp Lindo. We've already talked about, but Miramani. I'm excited to watch that or see how that game ends up tonight, and just kind of see where where they end up tonight after another big game. Yeah, they seemed just more confident themselves going into this one from just the way they were talking after Saturday's game. They like the game plan they've got, so I think it should be a much more interesting matchup than the last time when Camp Lindo really went up there in the first half and took control. Before we end this, we'll get into De La Salle baseball and our athletes of the week. But De La Salle baseball, just 13 games in a row to end this season. They beat Cal, College Park, Doherty Valley, Monta Vista in this stretch. They just swept number one Cal in two games. You saw that first game. You saw Cal Randall, that sophomore UCLA pitcher commit. Six innings of two hit ball, five strikeouts allowed, one run, but that one run was unearned. Senior Will Poplis had that scoreless inning. At the end, you got their Vanderbilt commit, Blake Burke, doubled on that game. Caleb Chance of San Francisco State commit, drove in a pair of runs. I mean, it was just then Blake Burke follows up that with three hits on Saturday, a triple, two RBIs. Joey Donnelly, two doubles, three RBIs. And then Blake Burke, you see why he's going to Vandy. 554 average this season at the high school level. Six doubles, two triples, six home runs, 32 RBIs. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about some of the big baseball players, and we haven't talked a lot about him yet, but deservingly of what he's deserving of some talk about him because he's had an incredible season. Um, good power numbers, good average. You know, kind of did everything you you could do in the in the batter's box this season. So, but I mean, what do you expect as De La Salle? They do this every year. I. It's hard. It's hard to give them the same accomplishments every single year, and it's hard to find new adjectives to what they do. Um, they're consistent. They're good every year. Uh, you expect nothing less from De La Salle at this point because they are so good and are so consistent. So, De La Salle. I would say I would have picked Cal in the series if we did predictions for the series, um, just because of how hot they were. But maybe the emotions of the SRV series took something out of them. Um, going into this one, you know, they came out a little flat last Wednesday. Um, you know, and I think part of that might be from the big emotional win that they had against San Ramon Valley. And then coming into this one, Dale Sal is never too high, never too low. They're always going to be consistent, and you have to be perfect to beat Dale Sal. And Dale Sal has been doing this for years. It's a machine. It, it really, really is. is. They, they bring kids in, they push them out to college, and they bring another group of kids in. 
happens every year. They do it in football too. It's the same thing. Yeah, and baseball, you know, it's hard to stay undefeated in baseball because you just never know what's going to happen. One bad bounce, one big hit from the other side. Um, You know, football, you see more undefeated teams in football and whatnot than you do in baseball. So the season that they had is great, and I know they went struggled a little bit in the middle portion of the season, but then to end it on 13 straight wins. The, it was a year of runs in E-ball. You, know, you saw Granada start the year early with a big run. Then SRV went on their run. Cal went on their run, winning 16 of 18 in both of them. And then you had the other South winning it with 2013. Yep. Then you had Monta Vista beat Santa Monica Valley in a series, too. They swept yeah. Santa Monica Valley. And that goes into our men's athlete of the week as their senior, Brian Duroff, finished off his high school career in a big way. Three straight wins over Santa Monica Valley, a top 10 team. Playing for five hits, two home runs, eight RBIs in the series. He had home runs in each of the last two games. He had a grand slam in that series finale. He had four RBIs in that finale. And he ended his senior year with a 389 average, 10 doubles, four home runs, and 23 RBIs. His final high school at bat was that grand slam. That's a great way to go out. Right. I mean, everyone, you know, you kind of dream of that final at bat to be something special and for it to be a grand slam um, in your final high school at bat something special and something he'll never forget he'll sure he'll be telling his uh grandkids about that one day he's like oh you know when i was back in high school playing on this field i hit a grandson but you know whatever now we get into the women's athlete of the week camp linda sophomore ali cummins is the west coast press women's athlete of the week and she was electric in camp linda's three games last week scoring 25 on 14 of 27 shooting against Aquilani's 45 on 16 of 25 shooting against Clayton Valley Charter in the 17 against Akalani's and then Cummins also combined for 27 rebounds in those three contests highlighted by a double-double versus Clayton Valley where she went 45 points and 11 rebounds. This season she's averaging 23.6 points, 8 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and 2.1 steals this season. So an incredible season and an incredible week as a few big games this year, or this week I should say. You know, it was just Allie Cummins' just having a fantastic season and another sophomore out of this Bay Area class, right? I mean, Greg's shaking his head, just wondering what is happening, what is going on. I feel bad for the 2022 class because I feel like I'm just skipping over them. Obviously, they have some big athletes, Hassan being one of the the biggest, obviously, but the 2023, I, I can't get over it. There's too many. There's too many kids. Way, way too many. There's way too many, and it's stacked. But that wraps it up for this edition of the West Coast Preps Podcast, the LeBron slanderous edition of the West Coast Preps Podcast. Greg, I hope LeBron you can see. LeBron is a what? Soft. All right, Greg, I hope you can see right now because I'm starting to see um, three pens sitting on my desk. I'm seeing three desktop computers. I see three clay bobbleheads. I see four. Oh, that's weird. It's getting worse. Yeah, it really is. I think I need to go see a doctor. You'll be fine tomorrow morning. I'll be fine in a minute. Actually, right now I'm fine. Wow, isn't that remarkable? Modern medicine today is incredible. But everybody, subscribe to our YouTube page. Follow all of our content. All of our updates on social media, West Coast Preps underscore. And check out all of our stories at westcoastpreps.com.